Hi everyone, welcome to the Restoring Rapport Podcast. My name is Seth Hensley and this is a show dedicated to young believers pursuing the goal of healthy marriage and family. You know, we live in a world where getting married and starting a family is far too often postponed for longer than God designed and pushed to the back burner in favor of less important things. But the good news is that it doesn't have to stay this way. As young believers, we have the choice to prioritize what matters most in our lives every day and to live face to face with God and others. Every Thursday and Sunday on this show, I'll be sharing research conducting interviews and reviewing articles on the importance of marriage and family for society. I'll also be releasing exclusive content such as spoken word poetry, allegorical short stories, and bonus episodes for subscribers. Friends, God did not set us up to live life alone. The truth of the matter is that every minute of your adult life that you wait to marry is a minute of your life that you're not spending with your life partner. While some might be content to live with the consequences of this arrangement, I would argue that those who wish to spend as much of their life as possible with their mate are perfectly within reason and soundness of value to do so. It is my deepest hope that this podcast inspires Generation Z to pursue marriage, become the best spouses and parents the world has ever seen, serve with furious intentionality, love well, and discover the joy of hanging the moon for another. To access my sources, subscribe to the show, or get your copy of my latest book, visit anchor.fm slash seth hensley or check out the show notes of each episode. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 200 of the Restoring Rapport podcast. We're super excited for the content we got planned out for you guys today. As always, this is a podcast about keeping marriage and family essential goals for young believers and prioritizing relationship in a world of many distractions. And we have finally done it. Uh, guys, we are so excited to be to be talking to you today, uh, as we always are. But this is just a very special episode. This is our 200th episode. This is our 200th aired episode. Uh, the time this is being recorded is the 18th of November in the year 2023. Uh, you won't hear it until much later since we schedule these these episodes well in advance. But we are just so excited to have you guys here today. Got something very special and new planned out for you guys today. Lane is on the show as well, but we have a guest today. Jonathan Whitaker is going to be talking to us. Uh, for those of you who don't know Jonathan, Jonathan has been uh, my friend for a long time. Just got married this past August. Uh, we're going to talk about kind of what it's like to get married in our mid-20s, as all of the young men here on this panel today are uh, or have been have gotten married in their mid twenties. As a show for getting, uh, as a show for young believers who are pursuing the goal of marriage and family, it's always good to have uh, people who are just a few steps ahead of where you're at. So if again, if you are a young believer looking to get married in the near future, looking to do the work on yourself necessary to step across that line into the commitment with a spouse, um, these these young men are just going to be awesome examples to you. And we're just going to have a good time today talking. Uh, we're going to start off reviewing an article. But uh, Jonathan Land, it's great to have you on the show today, guys. Good to be here. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Jonathan, well, can you tell me what was the date exactly that you got married on August and kind of uh, what was the story like there? What was the, the lead up to that? Did, was it How was the marriage and everything? Because we actually missed Jonathan's wedding happened one month almost exactly after ours. I think it was August 5th. Was that right, Jonathan? Correct. Yeah, August um, well, we met, we actually were not able to go to that wedding. We were out of town that, that day. I uh, hated to miss that. I hated to miss that. But um, Jonathan, how did the wedding go? Was it good? Oh yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's weddings are stressful things sometimes, guys. Uh, as as there's a lot of work and there's a lot of prep that goes into it by a lot of people. Um, so, but my wedding day, I actually had kind of a similar story to Jonathan. There, it wasn't really, um, it wasn't super stressful. It was it was a big day. There was a lot that happened. We, I was very tired by the end of it all. It was kind of a whirlwind of activity, starting in the morning and going all the way to the night. Um, but other than that, not bad. Uh, Landon, how about you? How was your kind of your wedding experience? You, Landon has been married the longest here, guys. You got married when, Landon? Tell us when you got uh, married. In August kind of... of 22. Yeah. Okay. And how was your how was your experience with just the wedding lead up and, and the wedding itself? Man, I think uh, I've touched on it a little bit. I had such a hands-off like, experience with my wedding. Yes. Yeah. Um, that, like, I've made <clears throat> jokes about it on here. I walked up to the wedding and was just like wow this looks really nice i hadn't yeah, seen it yeah. you know and it's like right but uh one thing that uh i really enjoyed about the wedding was just having you always worry about who's invited to the wedding yes uh, i feel like that yeah. was probably the most stressful part of yeah um that was probably the most stressful part um is getting an invitation um list out and Looking yeah. back on it now, I'm like, gosh, it, it didn't even matter. Like, I had the people that I really 
needed to have there. And that like there were plenty of yeah. people there that I didn't really know that well or whatever. But um, yeah, you know, when you look back at it, you don't even worry about that stuff. No. Yeah. It's it, it's almost like, guys, it's almost like your wedding day. I, I kind of I kind of appreciate that what you shared, Landon, about just being able to show up and enjoy it instead of putting a lot of work into it. Because it is almost if you put too much work into it, if you're too stressed out about your own wedding, if you're doing too much prep for your own ceremony, it's almost like, I don't know, a lot of the joy of the day gets sucked out of it for you. And you can't really enjoy the experience because you're working too hard on, um, you know, making the event happen. Uh, Jonathan, what percentage of the the people that came to your wedding did you know? Was there a lot from Sierra's side or kind of what was the the what would just like half and half and half or was there an imbalance there i think i definitely knew more than half the people that were there yeah i think we had maybe 200 people there and i, I think i knew about or at least seen uh, over half of them that's great yeah yeah because it, it is a weird it's a weird kind of event because most of the time when you you know you have a, a fellowship a celebration some kind of uh gathering uh you know 100 percent of the people there especially if you're the one doing the the hosting um, so for your wedding, it's very odd because, you know, a lot of the times half of the people you, you know, have either not met yet or have not built that close of a relationship with yet. So and then it's a very personal experience. So you're having this personal experience with people that you don't know um, because. Yeah, right. yeah, I, exactly. I, I so remember, uh, meeting so many of Maddie's family members um, that like even now she'll be like, oh, my aunt, whatever. And I'm like, I have no clue who that is. And she's like, oh, you yes. met him at the wedding. And yeah. I'm like, that wedding is a blur, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but yeah. looking back at my wedding, I don't remember anything other than the ceremony and the moments that I had with my wife. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the ones that you that you want to remember. When I when I think back to my own wedding, guys, which again happened on 13th of July, this past July in 23, um, the moments that I remember are uh, the vows. I wanted to make a big deal of the vows, especially. Uh, I remember actually we had a private vow ceremony with just Laney and I, where we gave each other an extended uh, handwritten vow or not handwritten, but we had written the vows ourselves instead of, you know, the standard scripted ones. Um, that was really some special. That's something I really remember. That happened the same time as my first look, uh, which was awesome. But I remember that. I remember the lead up, the setup, the build up to the wedding. I did a lot of uh, work on the sound and work on the um, getting the the decorations up and everything there. Um, I remember that. And I also remember the reception at the end, just everybody hanging around and um, just kind of celebrating, you know, the big, the big move we had just done. Those are the kind of the big things that stick out to me. A lot of, a lot of the speeches too, guys, I remember my best man, Noah's speech. He was, he's also my brother. He did a wonderful speech that'll, that'll stick with me forever. A lot of the jokes he made were just on point and uh, well, actually that speech was one of the only times I actually teared up during the wedding. So I feel like the time, the, the times that'll stick out to you, uh, looking back are usually when something important is happening. That's, that's been the case for me, but guys, why did you just, just to kind of probe you here, we can shoot with Landon first, uh, Landon, why did you, um, decide what, what just, would you recommend, um, you know, getting married at the age you did, you know, a lot of people don't, don't ask that question. And, um, you know, I would, I have my own thoughts on it and I'll share in a minute, but Landon, would you, would you recommend to young people looking to get married, to get married at the age that you did? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so one of the things that, uh, you know, really brings me to this point is, um, me and my wife have, at this point, we, we've been dating for, I don't know, we're probably coming up on three and a half, four years. Yeah. Um, like, so we've been together for that long, but we've been married for a little over a year now. Um, right. And even over that year, we have grown so much. Mm -hmm. And we have, honestly, we've changed from what we were when we started dating. Um, and I, I had been in a long-term relationship before. And um, what, what happens in those type of relationships is people change, but you don't have that constant connection with that mm -hmm. person. Yeah. Um, like you do when you're married and living in the same house and you have a special connection. Um, and I think that in getting married earlier, it allowed us to have uh, more opportunity and also to feel obligated to adapt to those changes and yes. to uh, to properly orient our lives around each other. Um, yeah. And I think that that is, a, you know, that's definitely a pro to getting married earlier rather yeah. than later. What was the exact age that you got married, Landon? 
So when I got married, I was 20. Uh, yeah. I turned 21, two months, a little, uh, a little over two months okay. after the wedding. Yeah. Yeah, that's wonderful. The, guys, uh, we've talked about this on the show before, but the national average age of first marriage for men in this country is 30 years old. So all the gentlemen here who are on this panel have gotten married, you know, well before uh, the national average age of first marriage, which, you know, pe we're pushing back further and further. In 1960, you know, the average age of first marriage for men was 23. So we've pushed it back seven years, you know, in the past 60 years. So it's definitely... Um, changed a lot in the past couple of decades, guys. So all the young people or all the people here, while you might not consider them uh, to have gotten married at a young age, they did get married well before the national average age of first marriage, which is 23. So um, again, I got married at when I was, uh, let's see here, 24 years old. And I would recommend getting married younger than I did. Um, I, cause I think I could have done it a lot, a lot of, a long time before I did. The issue that I ran into was that I made decisions that were not conducive to getting married, uh, earlier. And, and that kind of pushed the date back at which I was finally able to step into that line of commitment. So, uh, Jonathan, how old were you when you got married? Uh, and would you recommend, um, would you, would you recommend it? Are you glad you got married at the age you did? Uh, well, I was 26, I'm still 26 when I got married. I'll be turning yeah. 27 real soon. But I, I am 27 now. Excuse me. Yeah, you are. <laughs> uh, I didn't really think about my age. I was yeah. more concerned about what situation I was because I want to be prepared financially and, and yeah. spiritually, everything. I want to be prepared yeah. for that. That was more important to me. Whether that came at 20 or yes. 30, that didn't really matter to me as long as I was ready yes. to take all that responsibility. Right. So yeah, I don't right. think there matters as much to me. I just yes. Whatever, but I was ready. She was ready, and you know we dated for about two years. And four years, we decided this is time. We need to do. That's this. great. Ready for this. So that's awesome, man. Yeah. A, a lot of the, um, Lane, and I want to hear what you were going to say in a second, but what, what I thought of as Jonathan was talking there is just the the age thing is often thrown out there in the conversation of marriage, but it's really about what he talked about there, your readiness. And again, we've, Lane and I have discussed on the shore before um, that, that an age is really has nothing to do with your readiness. We know people who are very young, 18 years old, who are quite ready to get married. And we know other people who are 35 who are, you know, less like, less, less prepared for it. So it's not really... It's not really a, a number in so much as it is the work that someone has done to get to the place they are. And if you put in the work, I mean, guys, it's really not about the age. And that's why we say over and over here that, um, you know, getting married young is a, is a wonderful thing. Uh, firstly, because you can spend more time with your spouse. I mean, Jonathan and getting married at the age he did, 27, is going to spend more time with his spouse than had he gotten married to her uh, at the national average for age of first marriage, which is 30. He's got three more years with Sierra, his wife, um, that he would not have with her had he postponed that age. And to me, that's priceless. Even a second of that time, when I, when I think about it, um, about my relationship with Lainey, my wife, when I think about how precious those that is, I, I would not want to spend, you know, I, I would not want to spend th those precious moments of my life any other way than I'm currently doing it. I would not want to uh, be alone for even, you know, a day longer than I was. Um, so guys, it's just, I, I, I never understand people who put an age on it and actually trying to encourage young people to postpone it for as long as possible, because you really are missing out on, on, on those, those, those years with your spouse that are, it's in my opinion, priceless. And again, I'm not, I know there are people who are not ready to get married and the wise people in their life may be discouraging them from doing that because there's actual serious problems with them stepping into that commitment. But I'm just saying a lot of times what happens is people are pursuing the standard of perfection. They think they have to be this, this ready, this, this mature, um, and this, this perfect in every area of their life. And they actually want to be perfect so much so that they push that date back further and further than they actually, I would say, um, need to. So, um, boys and girls, boys and girls, listen to this show. I mean, it is really important. Um, just do the work early. Don't procrastinate. Don't put it off till tomorrow. Just do it as soon as you can. And hopefully, um, you'll be able to get married as young as possible and spend as many years as possible with your spouse. Um, boys and girls, I want to share you guys with you guys an article here. Um, I just noticed I've been saying boys and girls a lot because I've been teaching kindergarten my first year, boys and girls. It's going really well. <laughs> I say that probably seven times a day, probably more than seven times actually, but, um, First year teaching, it's gone pretty well. I mean, there are always challenges to starting a new job and, and getting getting your life reoriented to that routine. But 
Uh, it's been really wonderful. Waited a long time for this job, but it has affected even my daily language. You'll notice me saying boys and girls a lot instead of, you know, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen and stuff like that. So, um, but this article I found just recently, it's, it's saying that there's a surprising case for getting married young. It was written on July 6th of last year. And I want to see what kind of what you guys think on this. Um, and again, Brad Wilcox is a, you know, a well-known, uh, What's, what's the word? Um, researcher in the realm of benefits to marriage. He, he operates out of University of Virginia and PragerU a lot. Um, so that's sometimes where you'll see his work. I've reviewed him on the show before. Awesome gentleman. Benefits for marriage, uh, especially for men. It really is good for men to get married, uh, younger guys. And, and by the way, if, you have, if you're new to the show and you, you've not kind of seen a lot of the work we've done in the past, go back and check out some of our arguments against the red pill movement that is kind of uh, sweeping the nation right now, encouraging men not to get married at all, which I think is very radical and and kind of harmful to to most men as i would say most men are not intended to go their entire life single and alone uh, without harmful consequence so um very i would recommend anything brad wilcox writes but he says this past summer joey and samantha paris by the way guys if you're a subscriber to the show you can read along with us here on your screen uh he, he writes this past summer joey and samantha paris did something that shocked many of the new york friends they had made working on wall street and broadway they got married at the age of 24 uh, which immediately my reaction to that is guys well for it's it's hysterical to me that 24 is considered young um, to get married now. I, because if you talk to raise your hand, boys and girls, by a show of friends, um, just wherever you're listening in the car or whatever, raise your hand if your grandparents got married way younger than 24. That's definitely true for me. Uh, Jonathan's nodding his head as well. well Let's go around. Let's go, Jonathan. What do you know? What age your grandparents were when they got married? Oh, uh, I want to say both sets got married around 20 or maybe even earlier than that. Yeah. Yeah. I had a great grandmother who was actually married at 14 years old, which I'm not getting into that. There could be serious problems with that. When I say get married young, I'm not talking that young. I'm talking an actual, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a different time, but I'm talking legal adults here, guys. Whenever I say get married young, I'm talking legal adults. But um, so without getting into that, our grandparents got married a lot younger uh, in their in their generation than we do now. So the fact that even the getting married at the age of twenty four is being brought up as an a, a young a young age is is very funny to me. Lena, do you know the age that your grandparents got married? Um, I'm not one hundred percent sure. Right. Uh, yeah. On my dad's side, I think my mom's mom was, you know, younger than I'd say younger than twenty. Uh, yeah. Maybe younger than eighteen. Yeah. Um, Most people. Yeah. Yeah, most people got married really, really young back then. Um, and, and as I said, the age has been kind of pushed back further and further. A lot of times because, well, there are several reasons that I kind of want to hear what you guys think. But I think that the reason that is that they got married younger back then was it was the natural thing to do. They were just kind of pushed that direction because they loved each other. But also it was a little bit, we kind of make it harder to make money now until you're older. You're rewarded to make more money uh, when you're later. A lot of people think that anyway. Um, and that's how, that's how, I mean, college guys is four years. If you go to college, if, if you get a bachelor's degree or an associate's degree or a master's degree, that's two, four, six years that you're spending yeah. without working in one theory the that you're just that, paying. Yeah. One of the things that I think, uh, sticks out to me is back then, um, you know, my great uncle, for instance, um, when they got married, he went into the military, uh, yeah. and the, you know, he was getting a good paying job. She was able to stay home. Um, you know, and it was a straight out of high school before high school for most people, mm -hmm. um, that they would just go start a career right off the bat. And back then it wasn't as, um, finding a job wasn't as, uh, reliant on prior experience. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's something that we push so hard nowadays that yeah. you have to find uh, <clears throat> multiple entry level positions before you can start anywhere. Yeah. Um, and that pushes you back quite a bit. Um, for instance, say you go to school for four years in college and then mm -hmm. you come out and they say, well, your college isn't enough. You need to have prior experience. So then yeah. you go and find a startup <laughs> job and you, you know, a very baseline position um, and you work there for two, three, four years. Um, mm -hmm. At that point, you are 26 and you're just now even capable in the eyes of yeah. employers wow. of getting a real career started. So yeah, to me, um, it, this came to mind when I was listening to uh, Jonathan talk about uh, feeling ready and feeling prepared. Uh, 
as a culture, and now I think my life has changed a little bit to where I'm looking at the next generation. Um, yeah. And and I, to me, as a culture and as our generation, how can we make changes that will set people up to be able to make those decisions mm-hmm. earlier? You know, yeah. how can we um, educate young people on marriage and what that means and how can we give them opportunities to start a little earlier? Uh, yes. Because you know, that, that means a lot to us. So more of a call to action, um, you know, for the people listening that are married and are grown, um, be that change and help to make it possible. Because right now, like like a lot of people are saying, I, I think that some people would get married younger if that possibility seemed realistic to them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But but right now it doesn't. <clears throat> um, so be that change, you know, become yeah. that person who gives opportunities. You know, I'm so thankful for my career that I was given an opportunity early and that allowed for me mm-hmm. to do what I need to do. And my parents pushed that as well. And they, they were very educational on the prospect of marriage and they led by example. So I think that when we want to see that change, we have to be an example for it. Yes. Yes. Absolutely on board with everything you said there, dude. And I do want to point out too, that college is becoming, I mean, I think, I think more obsolete and it's great. It's great to get, Mm -hmm. you know, um, a, a job that is only possible through college. I mean, that's what I did. You can't become a public school teacher without a bachelor's degree and a state license. So, I mean, that was required for the position that I chose. Um, but a lot of positions, my point is a lot of positions are out there where you don't have to have that. I know Google is hiring people today. If you take their course that is, you know, not even a year, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's just a just a small course that if you complete that course, they will treat that certification as a bachelor's degree, which is four years of, of school at a high tuition. So there are lots of jobs now that you can get without a college degree. And um, Jonathan, did you go to college and, and kind of tell, I, I know the answer to these questions, but did you go to college and kind of what did you go into and how long were you there, et cetera? Uh, I was there about five years. Yeah. And I had switched majors about, uh, about three or four times. The, the, yeah. There was reasons for it, but uh, yeah, so basically five years to get to your degree, and it wow. was a pretty broad degree, but I, yeah. I, I do love it, and it uh, it opened up the door for where mm-hmm. I am now. So. Yeah, that's awesome. The um the and the, so in other words, you were able to get a sustainable living income. Uh, with just a two-year degree, that's my yeah. point. You don't have to yeah. go to you don't have to go to college for for you know extended periods of time in order to make that that amount of money. Yeah, I mean, a small college too. So yeah, it was a big, expensive amount of money. Yes, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Jonathan and and Landon are both homeowners, and they're able to do that not with you know a four-year degree. So that's my that my point. Landon, did you get a four-year degree? Um, no. So I got a two-year degree. See, uh, yeah, it was a it was through a pretty much a vocational school went through the elect, uh, electrical program. Yeah. Local community college. And yeah. That that'll get you places that, you know, uh, yes, the same places that a four year degree. will. Yes, exactly. And so that's my point, guys. You don't have to go to school for four years now to get married and you graduate high school at usually 18, 18, 19, 17, 17, 18, 19. So it's like by the time you're 20, you're totally capable of having a means of supporting a family, I mean, that, of supporting that life. Exactly. That is exactly how my um, story turned out, you know, yes. I graduated at 18, began yeah. a two year degree. And by the time I was ready to graduate, I had already com- found the woman that I wanted to marry. We prepared yes. for a marriage and I found a job and, yeah. and that, you know, if it wasn't for the wisdom of the people around me, um, that were helping me through these things, um, that could have been different. Um, yeah. And maybe, have led me to want to pursue mm-hmm. a more uh, timey um, degree. And then yes. also the people who gave me opportunities as a 20 year old straight out of college, uh, you know, to be able to build a family. Yes, absolutely. So guys, here you have two examples. Both of these young men on the show have two year degrees and they're making plenty of money in order to support their family. That's a myth that you have to have a four year degree in order to uh, make enough money to support a family. Um, because lots of people don't do that now and they're, they're doing fine. Uh, and another reason I think we've kind of pushed back the marriage. So the financial argument for pushing back marriage doesn't make much sense in my opinion. You don't have to wait that long in order to make enough money um, 
you want you want to be able to, to to make enough money. Obviously, you don't want to be destitute. You want to be able to support your spouse. Otherwise, you're just in, you're you're getting off on the wrong foot. Um, but it doesn't take. My point is, these both of these gentlemen have two year degrees and they're making enough money to support a family. So it doesn't take for year of four. You don't. In other words, you don't have to get a bachelor's. You don't have to get a bachelor's in order to support a family. And another reason I think we've pushed it back, guys, is the next thing that he lists in this article here. Here he says, first, there's a common perception that the, that the twenties aren't for marriage. This is a cultural, social argument here, and they are for fun instead, which I totally disagree with that. And we can get that into that in a second. But it says most of Joey's colleague leagues and finance finance thought that the twenties are a time to enjoy your time and have fun and go out. He says, adding that their view is now is the time to be young and free and independent. You'll notice the word independent comes. I hate that word, man. That the word independent comes up so much in the context of, um, you know, postponing marriage. And it says, and you can't have this fun, free lifestyle while still being married, which is a total lie. I disagree with everything in that sentence. So let's break it down. Go ahead. Sounds selfish. Yeah, it does. It is. It's a selfish perspective, honestly, because when you hear independence as a young person, I think it uh, it seems appealing because you're tired of being told what to do. Yeah. Once you get old enough and you realize that independence means that you are by yourself. Yes. Responsibility. uh, That that is like in marriage. I don't have independence per se. I am dependent on my wife and she depends on me. So good. We have made that to be such a negative thing and make it seem like it is a toxic thing. When in reality, that is what keeps us um, from being hermits and non-reliant humans that are by themselves and not personable. Yes. And it's so I think it's a pride issue. Because oh, people absolutely. have serious problems saying, oh, I actually depend on other people in my life. It's really arrogance that says I can do everything myself and I don't need anybody else. Yeah. That really uh, is an arrogance. And what it lands people in is they wake up you know, 10 years down that road and they realize, hey, I'm doing the workload of seven people right now because I don't have anybody to help me because I've chosen to prove to the world that I can do it myself and go, this, go, go my own way without help. And so- they're not they're, they're not only like quadrupling the workload for themselves by by going without a spouse and a family but they're also just realizing hey being independent and doing everything everything yourself is kind of lonely so what most right. people do is they get a dog and then they they want they want that to fix their their loneliness problem and it's like well no you can't do that you do still have to have interdependence and then culture will say the moment that you start to move towards that state of dependence on other people and relying on people and trusting people again culture will accuse you of being codependent and they'll say you need to see a therapist which i think is hysterical because usually people who are independent are far more unhappy than people who are uh, interdependent or dependent on those that they have a healthy relationship with. So that just shocks me. It's a contradiction. Yes. It's a contradiction to what we're designed for. Like Jonathan said, we are designed for a connection and especially as men, we're designed to be respected and honored in the same way that a woman is to be loved and honored. We are designed to be respected and honored. So in order to fill that gap, like Seth said, most people will go and find a dog that'll respect yeah. them and answer to yeah. their calls and to honor them as their, yeah. you know, the master of the household. So in reality, it's not about, Oh, well, I'm an independent person. No, you need people who are going to respect you and honor you. And then mm-hmm. you need somebody like you need that. And then they need somebody to love them. So yes. it's not a codependence. It is a, um, compatibility. You know, yeah. you, you guys can, uh, build on each other's weaknesses. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. Go ahead, Jonathan. My wife. Yeah. So nobody's built me up more than that. Yes. Absolutely. Well, same. Where where we are low, they will swoop down to that level and Mm -hmm. build us up. So if as a man, when you feel disrespected, you know it is the job of the wife to swoop down and respect you enough to come to meet you where you are and then help Mm -hmm. build you up. In the same way, when they feel unloved. And yeah. which is disrespectful to them. You are to yeah. swoop down and love them back to a point where they are up here. And if you both continue to do that, you will both be built up by the relationship. Yeah. It's not a codependence where you're draining yeah. somebody. It is a compatibility in partners that will build both of you up. They got grown each other. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. For those of you who have seen uh, the two towers, there's a really cool scene at the end where uh, Sam's talking about hobbits being told the story of Frodo and the ring and, um, 
he ba- he basically is you know building Frodo up as this this awesome hero who can do everything by himself. And Frodo responds just amazing line by saying, "Frodo wouldn't have gotten far without Sam." You know, he the he, in other words, acknowledging his insufficiency and acknowledging that hey, you actually I actually do need people. I can't do this alone. Right. Uh, and that's and, just and a beautiful concept. We talk about it in marriages, but it yeah. is the exact same in like a friend situation. You need friendship. You need brotherhood. Yeah. Um, we we right. yearn for it. <clears throat> I mean, that that's something that when you see these guys that, uh, you know, I know a lot of guys who went off to college and um, are doing things that aren't necessarily what they would have done in the past mm. if, if they mm. were left to their own devices. But they needed a brotherhood when they were left by themselves and sometimes away from their family. Um, yeah. And that take that took them into a spot where they are willing to do things that aren't necessarily what they would normally do uh, in order to cultivate a brotherhood, whether that is uh, beneficial or not. Hi, guys. This is just a quick reminder that you can use the link in the show notes to send me a voice message with a comment or a question. Yes, yes, it it, it go it all goes back to guys, um, the the arrogance of assuming you don't need assuming that need is a bad thing. I'm going to read you an article here in a minute that I wrote a long time ago on uh, the fact that need is not a bad thing. But before we do that, I just want to talk about something Landon said there. Uh, he talked about people getting a dog and, and, and the companionship that a dog comes with. They do. I love dogs. I mean, they're wonderful. Um, and yeah, but, but here's the thing. A dog doesn't really mature you because it doesn't challenge you um, like a spouse will. A spouse will literally call you on your bull crap. If you're doing something wrong, if you're doing, if you're being lazy in an area, or if you're not meeting a standard, a, a good, a healthy standard, they're going to call you on it, and they're going to recognize you can't like you can't bluff your way through it and, and make excuses for why you're not doing it. They're just going to be like, no, that's an excuse. You're just not bettering yourself in this area, and and that's something that animals don't do, but people do. So I want to talk to you guys about um, something that I've noticed. I'm just going to be really vulnerable here. I was I realized after getting married that I had a lot of uh, immaturity. And, you know, I worked hard on myself and all this, but there's, there's only a certain level to, I want to hear what you guys think about this, but I think there's only a certain level of maturity that you can reach while you're single because you don't have that person calling you on this stuff that you might not even recognize. So has that been your story guys, since getting married, have you landed, we can go with you and, and then Jonathan will move you. Have you ever, is your story that after getting married, you found, wow, I actually have a lot that I have to work on here in order to, to make this work. Landon, go ahead and. I mean, your parents can only do so much. I, I, I respect my mom and dad more than anything in this world mm-hmm. uh, because they they made an intentional effort to build me up for marriage. Uh, but they can only do so much. You only let them in so much. In the the um, you know in the scripture, it tells you that uh, man will leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. And what, what that is, is it's not just a, uh, they fill the same role, but you let her in even more than you did your parents. So Mm, I think that it might not have even been a, uh, immaturity that everybody could see that, um, you just weren't able to fix at the time, but Mm -hmm. something that was so deep and so covered that until you allowed a spouse into your life and actually gave, yourself to her only she was able to see it and then that brought <clears throat> it to your attention um, yeah because I, I think that a lot of the things that uh i i find every day <clears throat> that i need to improve on um it's not that other people would have seen it and just couldn't help me it's that yeah. it was not apparent until my wife made it apparent yes um so you know and, and mine has been a whirlwind you know, you go from yeah. getting married to having a kid within a year and, and you start to realize, OK, there are a lot of things that I can work on. There, yeah, there's a lot of. Yes. things that are, And, and that's another Same. thing. That's another milestone that you'll hit and more things will come to the surface. Um, yes. The second you see your child, it'll be a wake up call. OK, there are things that I am not good at. And I believe wow. that that is the Lord presenting those things to you and saying, yes. You weren't ready to work on this, mm-hmm. but you're going to have to. Yeah, you're going to have to. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think I'm much better. I hope that I'm better than I was before I got married and before I had a kid. But now the Lord is saying you have to be better. 
You, mm. you don't have a choice. You know, this yeah. all depends on how you respond. Yeah, so true, man. So true. Jonathan, has that been your experience? Have you found that there were things upon entering marriage where you're like, man, I am not meeting the mark? Uh, I mean, there are some things I knew about uh, before then that we worked through slowly. Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, being married to somebody, I mean, it's, it's, you really have to put yourself second in it. And that's, yeah. Uh, and a lot of things, like, you got to look out for, you're really lying upon each other to look out for each other's needs because if you yes. look at your own needs first it, it's just going to be toxic mm-hmm. yes uh, it's you're really yeah. you're really trusting the other person to look out for you while you look yes so true yeah. so good man and here's here's something that i've i realized I've, i guys i got married and then i realized dang i have a really low tolerance for um you know yeah. things not going right like i have yeah. i am I'm a very impatient person. So like if, if things aren't going the exact way that I want them to go, I'm like mad. And I'm like, dude, that is so messed up. It's just, it's not that big a deal. It's like, oh, the di- there's some dishes in the sink. Well, I don't like dishes in the sink. If there are dishes in the sink, like I will literally not be able to sit down. So, it, but Lainey's not like that. So in order for us yeah. to live like a cohesive life, it's like, I'm going to have to mature a little bit past my need to have everything perfectly structured around me in order to have fun. And it's like- yes. Yeah, so that's one thing for me, guys. I've just been like really let down, not let down, but like shocked at my own uh, lack of patience. Patience, I think, has been my biggest um, realization that, hey, I don't have much. And I never would have realized that um, had I not entered a marriage because when you're in a family, your family does expose certain things to you that you need to work on, but it's not the same because like Landon said earlier, your spouse is way closer to you than, than your family. They're, they're spending, you know, the majority of their time with you. So they're going to, they're going to see things. They're going to see parts of you that your family never even sees. They're going to see areas where you need to mature that your family never even saw, regardless of how close you were to your family. I was very close to my family, but Lainey is able to, and, and sometimes without her even explicitly saying, she's able to just through her reactions and, and me realizing what's happening to her, I'm able to realize, wow, I am not meeting the mark. I have got to mm-hmm. up my, my patience here. I've got to up my, my tolerance of not having everything the exact way I want it. Cause that is in the end, that is selfishness. You can say, well, I just, I'm an orderly person. I like cleanliness in my house. I want to be, I want to take care of, be a good steward of the stuff God's given me. Well, that's just an excuse for saying I demand this house be spotless or I can't have fun. That's really selfish. In, in my opinion, that's what I've noticed about myself is my need to have everything uh, spotless and everything perfect and everything well run is actually a, a, a roadblock to Lainey and I being able to enjoy our time together yeah. because it's almost like I, I, I have to do all that first in order to have fun with her. And that's just not a, that's not a good thing. I've got to mature past that. And my point is marriage will teach you that. Marriage will teach you things like that about yourself that you will not be able to learn while you're single. So guys, listen yeah. to this show. If you're if you're looking to get married um, and you realize that's a calling God's had has on your life, um, just I would encourage you. It's one of the best things to mature you. It forces maturity. You cannot get to the level of maturity uh, as a single individual that you can get to as a married person. It really makes you stop and make changes and because you're in you're locked in and it's like I, do i want to live a, a, a fun life with my spouse or do i want to be miserable all the time because i'm immature so mm-hmm. that that's something that marriage will do for you guys that that um that you really need that, well, that you really and, need and you'll learn you'll learn to compromise that that's been mm-hmm. the biggest learning um i would say mm-hmm. for like if i could speak for us as a collective unit um compromise has been the biggest um you know area of um learning for us we Mm -hmm. are we are more able to sit down and go because i have the same problem as you i think that uh my my mom has some ocd and i think Mm -hmm. that some of that has wiped off onto me um so when i walk into a room and it's not spotless i think subconsciously I'm thinking, oh God, mom's going to be ticked. When oh, in reality, yeah. it just makes me mad, you know, because yeah. then I'm stressed because when I was younger, I would be stressed that she was going to get stressed. Yes. So, so it rubbed off on, on you. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, same thing with Lainey and Maddie. Maddie isn't like that. She, you know, yeah. she just wants to come home, relax, enjoy time. Relax. Yes. And I think that in order to properly have both of you feel respected and loved there has to be some sort of compromise 
Yes. To where yes. Um, I'll walk in and instead of me complaining straight off the bat, what I've tried to adapt to doing is saying, hey, I'm really thankful that you folded that laundry for me today. Yes. Awesome. And, and yeah. making that, you know, rewarding that good behavior, not because I want to train her to do good things, but because I want her to feel loved when she shows me respect. Mm. So when she shows me respect, I show her love. When she shows me love or when she shows me respect and I show her love, it, it can go back and forth and we'll build each other up. So that's, yes. that's been my <clears throat> biggest, um, you know, that's what we're trying to achieve and we haven't mastered it. And I don't know if we mm -hmm. ever will, you know, right. that, that's the, that's the crazy thing about marriage. You'll get better we, though. <laughs> you know, we're get old. And then maybe one day we'll have it down, you know, but it's yeah. always going to be a progression as long as we continue Same. to try and love each other in the way that we should be. Yeah. And guys, that's what I, I want. I'm so glad you guys are able to hear the perspective of these awesome young men here today who are just, it's not like, it's not like you, I don't want to paint the picture that it's going to be easy going into marriage and that there are going to be things that you don't have to work on. It's like they're sharing things with you here that they do, that I, that they have a hard time, hard time with. But in the end, they're saying, all the, the the problems that we're encountering and that the obstacles we're overcoming are, you know, it's it's well worth it to embrace mm -hmm. marriage. And, and even though it comes with those hard things, because the alternative is just, you know, like we said, going alone and realizing the negative consequences that come with that decision. And I do want to kind of highlight something uh, that Jonathan said, and, and both of them, actually, Landon was talking about compromise. And Jonathan said that it's kind of your spouse's, it's, it's you want to be the, your spouse is the one who needs to look after your needs and you need to look after your spouse's yes. needs. So they're in that situation. Landon was describing, it's like, okay, uh, Landon's looking after Maddie and trying to have fun, even if the house isn't clean. And Maddie is looking after Landon, uh, trying to keep the house clean so that they can have fun easily. And that's, that's how they're both working together. That's very much the same with me and Lainey. If we have a problem, I'm looking after her, she's looking after me. And that's how it, the, the, the train keeps going. So to speak, it just runs right. really and, smoothly. And when, when you both, when you both sit down to discuss a problem, um, mm -hmm. the best way to do that most of the time is to discuss what you can do as in yourself. What mm -hmm. can I do to help you <clears throat> achieve what I want you to do? Yes. You don't just go in and say, Hey, I need you to start cleaning the house. more. Mm -hmm. Hey, I need this house to be clean. When I get home, you go, Oh, you sit and think to yourself, what could I do to make it easier for her to achieve the things that I expect? Mm. Because if you're not, if you're not providing a uh, if you're not providing a helping hand in the things that you want done, then mm. you shouldn't be having them done because yeah. you, you, you have to be able to humble yourself enough to do it yourself. Yes. Um, and, Put the work in yourself. Things, yeah. One of the things that I uh, think is so important and I, I, I'm sure that you all feel the same way. Um, the, the trials and the things that I'm learning in my marriage do not just help my marriage. Mm. They are helping yeah. all of my relationships. Yes. They're helping my friendships. Yeah. They're helping my work relationships. They're helping with the way I deal with strangers. And, and it's, yeah. it's a nonstop chain reaction. And it happens at first in the home. And when you yeah. can do that and then it'll branch out, you will create a community. And it comes back to that thing where we are wired for a community when you are living correctly in your home, Jordan Peterson, you know, he talks about getting the house in order. Yes. That is what that yes. is. It correlates perfectly with just how you interact with your spouse. If you can't interact with your spouse in a way that is conducive to flourishing, how are you going to do it with some random person at work? Yes. Yeah. It's again, I would say you, you don't have the maturity. You don't have the maturity prior to going, prior to going into marriage that, um, you know, people who have been married do. You just don't. There are no, I don't know any single people who are as mature as the, the seasoned marriages in my, that I see in my life. All the people who are married are, are infinitely more mature and it's noticeable. And it's like, mm -hmm. but, but when I was single, I didn't see that. I didn't see how, I didn't see my areas of maturity because I didn't have somebody to point them out to me. And so I just love that, that we've kind of gone this direction, guys. But I do want to get your thoughts on one more thing before we wrap up really quick. But um, a lot of people today are, are getting, are avoiding the choosing the road of marriage because they say that 50% of marriages end in divorce. I don't know if you've heard that um, recently, but it's going around the internet and I have several thoughts on that. But like, I want to hear why you chose to go into marriage, despite people telling you that, despite people actually saying that as fact. Uh, why did you choose to go into 
the marriage anyway. Why did you consider it worth it? Because you're both sitting here married. We're all sitting here married. We chose knowing that, knowing people say that, uh, to go into marriage anyway. Why, why, why did you kind of consider marriage worth the risk? That's the reason I'm asking. Why did you consider marriage worth the risk? Jonathan, you want to go first, and then we can move to Landon here. I wanted to like my best friend. Yes. And yeah. I, knew, I knew things were going to change. I knew it was going to be a challenge, but it's just the next part of growth in you as an individual. Yeah. So I wanted to better myself. I wanted to spend life with her. You know, yeah. She's built me up more than any other person. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, you know, I wanted to do that with her. So it didn't really bother me. I mean, I know yes. I say a lot of, uh, I know now this culture, half the marriage seems to be failing, but it's just, again, selfishness, you know, mm-hmm. what we're putting in, how we're raising people and what mm-hmm. God's telling them, like, you put you first, you take care of yourself. Uh, like in a selfish way, not like, a, yes. Uh, yeah. But it's just, I don't know. It's just a culture thing, but it's just sad. Yeah. yeah. While people, uh, people won't consider the values that they're looking for a person. They just want to, don't want to be alone. So they marry whoever. Yeah. Being a mistake. So, yes. Right. I, dude, I, I love that you, that you pointed that out just because the alternative of course, to not getting married is living life alone and not spending life with your best friend because you know, a marriage, a spouse relationship or a matrix relationship is the closest relationship, closest relationship that humans can have. Yeah. So by default, if you're choosing not to get married, you're choosing to go without that. So it really is to me an admirable thing that's that, that people actually consider it worth it despite the hardships, which I don't actually think the 50% divorce statistic is completely accurate. I think that's been misrepresented. Um, but even if it was, that wouldn't stop me because I would not be in other words, even that risk, that even that huge risk, even if it were true, that huge risk risk would not stop me from entering into the covenant of marriage because I would want to know that I was having the close relationship, closest relationship possible between two people. And you can say, well, cohabiting affords the same thing, permanent dating affords the same thing, um, you know, hooking up, shacking up affords the same thing. It really doesn't because again, all those living situations are with people or, or romantic living situations are um, with people who have not promised or even communicated to you in any way that they're going to stick, stick around. So you're saying, I'm going to, I'm going to engage in this intimacy with you. I'm going to become close to you. I'm going to trust you in these ways, even though you haven't really said you haven't, you haven't declared your intentions. You're leaving yourself a back door out of this relationship. If you, you know, are so inclined or if something better comes along for you. And, and to me, those things that, that doesn't breed a trusting relationship. So marriage is the, is what I think is, and I'll be, I'm open to having my mind changed, but I think it is the closest relationship that two humans can have. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Landon, go ahead. And I want to hear yours. Why did you enter into, despite the things people were telling you about marriage, regardless of whether they're true or not, why did you choose uh, to enter marriage and why did you consider it worth it? Yeah. So, I mean, there's really two, uh, there's a two way street here that will come into my decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one is, as a religious person, um, I know that it is my calling to mm-hmm. become a husband and become a loving. Yes, husband. same, same. Um, and, and that that to me is enough to push me to the point where it's like, okay, I don't care if this is going to fail. You can tell me all day that my marriage is going to fail. Um, in fact, mm. the more the longer we're married, the more people are going to tell us that our marriage is going to fail. Um, yeah, but. Right. Yeah. That is not, that is not a, uh, that's not an option for me. Yeah. Um, you know, you have to go, me and my wife talked about this before we got married. We were going to go into this and divorce is not going to be an option for us. This is not something that we are going to try to, uh, you know, allow to get into our head at all. Um, but one of the things, the second thing is, uh, I've wanted to be a father. For, for my entire yes. life. Yep. And I know that it is better for a child to have a father and a mother. So mm-hmm. when I found a woman who was able to respect me in a way that built me up, a woman that I loved, a woman that I got along with very well, and I also knew that she would be a great mother, it would have been ignorant and you know stupid of me not to pull the trigger on that. Yes. Uh, yeah. Dude, that's wonderful. That is wonderful. And and a lot of times, guys, what's disturbing to me 
is not only the fact that people would try to discourage Landon from entering into that state of life, but also the fact that a lot of the reasons they use for discouraging him are not even true. So for example, the 50% divorce rate thing, let's talk about this. You know, this is the CDC. This is CDC.gov. This is what most people consider a very reputable, um, you know, um, source. So let's look at what they say the divorce rate are, the divorce rates are per 1000 people in the state of, I'm in Ohio. So in Ohio, as you can see, if you're a subscriber to the show on your screen, there are 2.6 divorces out of every 1,000 people in this state. Uh, Jonathan is in Kentucky. There are 3.3 divorces out of every 1,000 people in the state of Kentucky. And you might think, well, that's nowhere near 50%. It is higher than you would think because 1,000 people includes the total population right here, the total population residing in the area. So uh, young children, uh, unmarried, elderly people, elderly singles, divorcees, everyone. So this is 1,000 people total population, but only 2.6 people out of that 1,000 people gets, gets a divorce, guys. So it's really like people have an alternative. They have beef with marriage for whatever reason, because they've seen poor marriages modeled to them in the past or because they themselves have, have, have had a poor relationship or a poor experience with the opposite sex. They label marriage itself as a bad idea across the board. So in other words, they have the arrogance to say, it wasn't my approach to this institution. It's the institution itself. I didn't do marriage wrong. It's marriage itself that is broken. It's marriage itself mm -hmm. that is flawed. And so they, they, I don't want to say they make up these statistics because maybe they did read something online about you know a 50% divorce rate somewhere in the world for a certain demographic of people. But I really don't care because I think their motive behind telling people that is not actually finding the truth of whether or not marriage is a good road. I think it's They've seen poor marriages, so they're going to say marriage is bad. And, and that, again, is just sample bias. You've seen poor marriages yeah. maybe because you've surrounded yourself with, uh, I'm, frankly, maybe not that great of relational people. <laughs> so, so, yeah, you've seen poor marriages, but guess what? That's not what the rest of the world looks like. And, again, I could have sample bias, too, because all the couples that I know, Landon, Jonathan, uh, Ryan and Sarah Wheeler, and all, all these young people that I know who have chosen to get married young, Josiah Stendhal, all these people that I grew up with who have chosen to get married young, they're very healthy people. So overall, I'm seeing successful marriages with young people. So I could acknowledge that I have sample bias here. But the CDC, what I just showed you, that's not sample bias. That is 100% of the population. Per 1,000 people, that's how many people actually get divorced. So again, I don't think we should throw that statistic out there uh, to discourage people from getting young, married young for a number of reasons too. Because as, as a show for young believers, we, I would obviously say that Christians have a lower divorce rate than, you know, yeah, secularism, sec sec people who don't belong to a faith. So that even plays into it. How, how often a divorce is actually happening. This is a complicated issue to just say that 50% of marriages across the board into divorce, I think is not true. Well, and let's be generous to the critics and say 75% of all marriages ended in divorce. We'll just, you know, yeah. it doesn't matter because mm -hmm. when you could have told me that I had a 80% chance of getting divorced with Maggie. Yeah. And I would have still gotten married Same. because the pros are better than getting divorced. There mm -hmm. are benefits that outweigh the <clears throat> chance of getting divorced. Mm -hmm. I know that I will be able to be a better person, a better husband, a better father. I know that mm -hmm. I will learn to be a better friend. I will <clears throat> learn to be more loving. I will learn to be more open. And those things are, they're invaluable. You can't just yes. get those from anywhere. So true. So when you when you take into account the things that you receive out of a marriage, if you do it correctly, yeah, it, it completely negates yes. any of the things that are you know any of the statistics that they can pull out about divorce. And I would say that if you do it correctly, you would be less likely to get divorced. It would yeah. drop your number down. If you went yeah. in with the right mindset, and this is as adults, as already married people, we have to make sure that this is stressed to people who are planning to get married. If you mm -hmm. go in with the right mindset that you are going in to better yourself and to become a better person in general, your chance of um, divorce will drop. And I think it has to do with what you said about Christian divorce rates being lower. Yeah, yeah. Dude, and it, it's it's just so funny to me because like I I'm in the same boat with you there. Even if somebody said there's a ninety percent chance you're gonna right. gonna get divorced, I'd be like, no, I'm doing it. And and the reason is because consider the alternative. Consider the alternative. So if I don't get married, I'm choosing to uh, basically live with somebody who, in a romantic sense, who has not 
promised in front of God and people to stay with me. There's no legal restriction. There's no social restriction. There's no religious restriction for them to just bail at any time. And frankly, somebody who is not willing to put that constraint and that restriction on themselves would, I, I don't see how the, the trust can flourish there. When somebody is flat out saying, you know, I am not stepping into a permanent covenant with you. I am not stepping into a permanent contract with you. I am not stepping into this social permanent living situation with you. I'm going to just, you know, basically live with you without that communication of my intent. That to me is going to make your, your risk of getting left much higher and than, a, you know. Here's another thing that came to mind and uh, I'll try to keep this short. I know we're almost yeah. an hour, um, yeah. but I'm thinking of an analogy here. Um, I come up to a single young man and I say, hey, um, come with me. You're going to come and we're going to be best friends for however long you want to be best friends or until I decide we're not anymore. Yeah. The benefits are I'm going to make you stronger mentally, physically, spiritually. You're going to become smarter. You're going to be a more sensible person. You're going to be nicer to people. You're going to become a better person in all these areas. Yeah. Um, but when, because the biggest argument is, is that you lose half your stuff. But mm. when you leave, all the things that we've developed together, I'll take half. Yeah. How many guys are going to go, absolutely. Absolutely, I'll take the risk. Absolutely. 50-50 yeah. chance you'll flip a coin in 10 years and, you know. Oh, my me. gosh. It's like, absolutely, I'll take the risk. Because. Yeah. But we don't frame it that way anymore. The world mm -hmm. today has framed it to be, okay, you get to live with somebody that you sleep with and yeah. maybe have some kids and then they may leave you and take half your stuff. Mm. We have to bring this back to getting married younger because, and, and I'm not even saying age-wise, but developmentally with mm. your career and what you have. Um, a guy who has nothing is going to take that deal a lot faster than a guy who has already built himself up financially or physically or whatever. So what I'm getting at is, is when you get married as at 20 years old, straight out of college with no job, as I did, the risk of her taking half my stuff, well, by then it's our stuff because we built yes. it together. Um, but if you are 30, 35, and you've already built an estate, you've already built up your life, and then somebody comes in and you say, well, she could take half my stuff. It actually is yours because mm. you built it. Yes. Uh, so, so that that just brings us back to these divorce rates. Whose stuff was it? Did you build it together? You know, mm. what's the real risk? Yeah. Was it actually all? And it won't be if that's the case. Yeah. And guys, I kind of want to end with this. This right here. Um, this is just something, this is kind of a quote that, that I wrote a long time, not a quote, but a little paragraph. I did this article on marriage and I have a lot of sources at the end. So if you're interested in seeing kind of why I'm saying what I'm saying, go read this article. I'll link it in the show notes, but it says really guys, the point I want you to, I want to leave you with on this awesome 200th episode that I'm so glad Landon and Jonathan took the time to come help make, um, is that, you know, just because you've seen poor marriages done, just because you have a, you know, a poor opinion of marriage for whatever reason does not mean I, I don't want you to consent, condemn the institution itself rather than consider that maybe you have a limited experience or a flawed approach when, when it came to marriage. Guys, we really need to. So I'm going to read you this quote here just kind of as, as a pot of, positive way of, of thinking about marriage and, and the benefits it offers. It says we can overcome our stig stigmas and we can tie the knot tight. We can restore the perception of marriage as a beautiful creation. We can pull the original not the flawed, the original wondrous idea of matrimony out of the mud, adopt it, polish it, protect it. We can pour our hearts and souls into our marriages, surrounding them with community and mentors who will reinforce them with a hedge of well-being, good intention, experience, and advice. And when out of its brokenness, culture suggests that marriage should be an option rather than a norm, we can stand up holding aloft the shining treasure for which we daily give our lives, look across the fields of bachelors and bachelorettes, swaying in the wind of weighty indecision, and we can say marriage should be endorsed by all and embraced by most. And that's what I hope this, this show has done for you guys today is I hope that these young men, these awesome young men who have been willing to come on this show and share their experience uh, and share the fact that they're working on this marriage and that it is, it is worth it to them that it is worth it to them in spite of the difficulties. I hope you're seeing that and that it is inspiring you to pursue 
the life, the life, regardless of hardship, you know, because again, I've, as I've argued elsewhere, marriage is what most people are intended for. So I hope that these young men are examples to you of what your life can be like, regardless of hardship, should you choose to get married. Young people, um, it is possible to have a wonderful marriage. It is possible to have, it is possible to have the happiest life you can imagine through that marriage and through a lot of work and through a lot of intention and overcoming a lot of obstacles, you can have a wonderful and happy life. So thank you guys so much for listening today. We're going to go ahead and wrap up again. This was our 200th episode. So cheers and rounds of applause everywhere. Yes, it's awesome. We made it guys. Um, so really excited. Thank you guys so much for listening today. Um, if you enjoyed the episode, if you enjoyed the show, if you enjoyed the show period, reach out and let us know what you think through the link in the show notes, send us your story, send us your experience with marriage. We'd love to hear that. Even if it's different from ours, we'd love to hear yours and get to know you. It makes us feel super connected to you. Do it in your own voice too. In the link of every episode, there's a, a button you can click to send us a voice message. Tell us your story, ask a question, give thanks, comments, anything like that. So please do that. Please consider doing that. Write and review the show as well, but I really don't care as much about that. I want to hear from you and, and kind of how what you think about the issues that we discussed on here. So thank you guys so much for listening today. Follow the show, Landon, myself, and Jonathan on Instagram and Facebook if you're interested, all social media um, in, in the content we post. So thank you guys so much for listening today, and we will talk to you all next time.